You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now and uh, get our latest fantasy football news, notes, rankings, sleepers, busts. We've got it all coming up there. And my latest article there is looking at the rookie rankings. So an update on that from... When we first did it back after the NFL draft, the rapid reaction there in April, now the tune has changed in August. We have a little bit more information on these rookies, what their roles might be as they're in their first training camps in the NFL, and then headed toward the preseason. We know these things can change again because there's some battles going on in camp, but we wanted to check back in to see what... The landscape was for the rookies, and we know it's an exciting class. A lot of skilled players were taken early. Quarterbacks, we know, stir the pot of the NFL. There's some intrigue there with the rookie class at that position. So a lot to cover here. So we'll look at my top 30. So what we do is uh, we'll start with the early guys that you want to target that make a lot of sense. Then we'll get into uh, some... Sleepers and then some deeper sleepers that you might look as for helping you some point in 2021 or really more with an eye to the future here if you're playing in a dynasty league versus a redraft league. So we'll go straight down 1 through 30. We'll break it down 10 players per segment here. So uh, let's get into it here in a moment. But first, got to tell you about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection of live below prices. All the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, let us uh, dive in here. So number one, uh, it may not be a surprise to anyone, he's still number one on my list. It is Najee Harris, the running back from the Steelers, the first round pick from Alabama. They wanted to make him a feature back, all signs point to him being a feature back. So they want to get him those massive touches, high volume He's coming in, he's got a very good track record of production from Alabama, so they can trust him in a big role here right away in Pittsburgh. So this one's easy, they want to get him going right away. Now the only question is, where do you want to draft Najee Harris? I think you could get him in the top 12, and you may not be disappointed. So an RB1, RB2 borderline is exactly where I think you should target Harris. Now I think if you're in uh, standard leagues, you might lean a little bit more towards Harris. Half point, full point PPR, however, he can also be special because of his receiving skills that are a little bit underrated. We know Ben Roethlisberger's been dumping it off. So I don't think the format matters too much. I think standard just helps him a little bit because he doesn't have to have that big pass-catching burden of some of those dedicated guys, veterans who are key in those roles. But in uh, receiving friendly leagues such as half and full, he's going to have great value there. Just the volume is going to be good. They're going to make him a key part of their offense. They need to take pressure up Ben Roethlisberger. So Najee Harris, an easy choice there for the top rookie that you have to target in all your drafts 
here in 2021. But be careful about it. Again, in that 12 to 15 range there at running back makes a lot of sense. The next player on the list, uh, I'm very high on this guy. Uh, the industry is all over the board on Jamar Chase in relation to the other Bengals wide receivers, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. But Jamar Chase is an elite level talent. I think the biggest thing that might be kind of keeping him undervalued is the fact that he didn't play at LLC last year. So out of sight, out of mind, sometimes we forget how special this player was two years ago. And he was lighting it up with Justin Jefferson. You know what Justin Jefferson did as a rookie with the Vikings? I mean, Chase was the alpha on that team. He lined up everywhere. Remember, Jefferson played a slot, much like Terrace Marshall did last year for LSU and replacing those guys. So Chase is the number one. He lines up everywhere. He has great chemistry with Joe Burrow. He helped Joe Burrow win the Heisman, run away with the most explosive offense we've seen in college. Jamar Chase was the engine that drove a lot of that with his downfield playmaking. So he opted out because he knew he was going to be a top five wide receiver no matter what in the NFL. So talent is the number one thing you look at. Harris has loads of it. Chase has plenty of it. Again, he steps into a unique situation. Already have known the quarterback. It's almost like he skipped over last year and just picked up where he left off with Joe Burrow. So I really love Jamar Chase here. And I think he has wide receiver two value. That means uh, top 24 return here. Uh, we're operating under the 12 league model here. So, yeah, that's how I look at the wide receiver two. Wide, wide receiver one, top 12, wide receiver two, top 24. That's a conservative estimate, but I really like Jamar Chase's skill set. So those are two easy ones. So is the third one. It's uh, Kyle Pitts, the Falcons, a tight end. And Kyle Pitts' value actually went up. Uh, Really, since the draft, when the Falcons traded Julio Jones to the Titans, uh, it really opened things up for Kyle Pitts. And it made more sense why they made that pick versus uh, reaching for a quarterback when Matt Ryan can still play. They want to kind of fix Matt Ryan. You have Arthur Smith, the offensive-minded new head coach. He's going to be calling the plays here with uh, Dave Ragone. So when you're looking at Pitts, Big part of what they want to do, they're going to use 12 personnel. Arthur Smith, that was his signature on the Titans offense with uh, Jonu Smith, Anthony Ferkser. So Pitts is going to be out there with Hayden Hurst. He's going to make a lot of plays. He can compliment Calvin Ridley in the red zone. He can get open short to intermediate. He can stretch a field when needed and finish uh, short drives where Julio Jones had trouble with that connection, short areas, while Ridley was uh, a monster there scoring here for Matt Ryan. So Kyle Pitts... Again, tight end one, I think he's in the upper half of tight end one, so top six there to me for sure in Kyle Pitts. There's only a few people that I might be more interested. You have, of course, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson I really like as well this year. Those are maybe the few guys that I would like ahead of Kyle Pitts in most draft formats here this year. Mark Andrews, you can argue, but Pitts certainly belongs in strong tight end one consideration, and you got to pay a premium if you want to get him because I think there's going to be more buzz about him than we even expect. Now, the next guy on the list is uh, Travis Etienne of the Jaguars. So, look, we don't know exactly how it's going to go down between him and uh, James Robinson. We're not sure how run-heavy they actually are going to be with their defensive limitations, but Daryl Bevel profiles as that kind of offensive coordinator. Urban Meyer likes the running game. He's got Carlos Hyde as well. They can distribute a lot of carries and touches in this backfield overall. Travis Etienne, the role is a little bit get tricky 
but he's a first-round pick. He's got the chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, his college quarterback. So we'll have to see what happens with Etienne, but clearly he's number three just with the upside. Real first-rounder. You're going to take him more as an RB3. So, yeah, we only have three bonafide players there that you really want to look at. High impact as a starters for your team on a regular basis that's Harris Chase and Pitts these other guys we have to wait and see a little bit but Etienne in a good situation there with Robinson Javonta Williams everything is trending toward him taking over the main uh, power back early down role for the Broncos and seeing something close to a starting role there ahead of Melvin Gordon Gordon's still valuable with his pass catching pass protection veteran uh, experience and all that Williams needs to develop a little bit in passing downs, but everything else should be Javante Williams, and he can expand in those areas. So you'll see a significant role for him in a committee with Gordon at first, but I think, like we see with a lot of rookie running backs, it'll develop into Javante Williams kind of taking over. So he comes in at number five here on the list. I'm excited about what he can do. Power back between the tackles, so you should get a lot of touchdowns from him. So against standard leagues, Javante Williams has a little bit more value right now than half and full point PPR. Michael Carter, his teammate from North Carolina, landed in a very good situation with the Jets. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, and Michael Pirine are the main sources of competition. And they already said they like Carter to be a version of Coleman here. So when you look at uh, Carter, he's got the quickness, explosiveness, pretty good receiver as well. And I just think he's set for a Jets takeover in this backfield. They want to reboot everything in this offense. So Zach Wilson taking over quarterback you have Michael Floor as an offensive coordinator they want to implement just more explosiveness big plays out of this offense and Michael Carter would bring that here so it's pretty close between Williams and Carter where I want to go with these two North Carolina backs and draft but excited about both and what they can do and uh, Michael Carter is more an RB4 where I think uh, you look at Williams knowing that he's uh, for sure starting in a key role you get him as an RB3. Trey Sermon is up next, and Trey Sermon has been rising up the boards here. You have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They've been very dedicated and helpful runners in this offense with a lot of injuries. They try to make it work with Tevin Coleman and Jerk McKinnon and all these other guys, but Matt Breida can stay healthy, so it was Mostert and Wilson carrying it, but they also had time on the shelf. Trey Sermon, fresh legs. The Oklahoma transferred to Ohio State. He had a good uh, final season there to really boost his stock. Quickness, striding, gliding, he makes sense in his zone blocking scheme. So stash him. We know whoever's getting significant touches in the 49ers backfield is going to be very successful, especially if Trey Lance is in there at some point playing off his running. And uh, again, just very good skill set for Trey Sermon. The next uh, guy is our first quarterback. It's Trevor Lawrence. He's a QB2 for me right now. I mean, Again, the Jaguars have preached being a run-heavy offense, but I'm not sure that's going to materialize the way we think. So with a Lawrence, you're looking at uh, maybe volume based on just the defense not being very good. They're rebuilding. He's also got some excellent receivers here. Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Cheneau, and uh, DJ Chark. So DJ Chark, clearly the number one here. Jones, a complimentary veteran. Cheneau is going to be the big playmaker, can work the slot and uh, stretch the field outside if needed as well. So good versatility in the receiving core. He's got Etienne, his uh, trusted dump off from the backfield. Lawrence has just got pure talent. Again, a lot of it in this year's draft 
tied to the pure talent of these players. And Lawrence has generational talent with his arm, athleticism, throwing the ball downfield. We saw what Justin Herbert did as a rookie. Joe Burrow was off to something special before he got injured there as well. So there are flashes of that. If if uh, Lawrence has some of the same skill sets as uh, Burrow and Herbert, putting it in a more can't-miss package, you feel good about Lawrence producing. So, again, not quite with the depth of quarterback looking at him as a starter in the top 12, but not too long after that, 15-16 uh, range. I think that's reasonable for Trevor Lawrence because we know he's starting and going to see key reps. Now, the next uh, guy is uh, Trey Lance, and uh, Trey Lance is number nine. Kyle Shanahan is trying to keep him under wraps as much as possible. He's t- t- talking up Jimmy Garoppolo. They're keeping him to second team reps, all this stuff. But we know things can change really quickly in camp. I think this competition is more open than we think. But regardless, the 49ers would be silly if Trey Lance continues on this trajectory with wild plays, the way he's prepared and handled practice. If he shows some of this in preseason action and more practices as they uh, get more intense here before the games, they're going to have to real think long and hard about this one. I know the money attached to Jimmy Garoppolo in the short term as a bridge quarterback might be talking here, but Trey Lance, special skill set. He can do it all. 21 years old, big arm, can run like the wind here. He's got that running baseline that uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, may not use as much here. I know Lawrence can run and be an a very special athlete in that sense, but Lance could actually have that as a big part of his game in the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Allen vein a little bit more, and also have the big arm and the big weapons here, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. I mean, everything is there, the system, the weapons, the offensive line with Trent Williams on the left side, his running ability, playing off the 49ers running game. So, if he's in there as a quarterback, I mean, this is a guy that I said could be a league winner if you stash him. Like, if you're not crazy about what you want to do at QB1 here, wait till late, and Lance is not starting, take advantage of that. Put Lance on the bench. Now, if Lance is starting, all bets are off here. He could creep into the top 12. That's how special this 49ers offense is, and his skill set can be immediately working for Kyle Shanahan. And our final guy we'll talk about here is Devonta Smith of the Eagles, and he has a little bit of a knee issue in camp, but could keep him out a while, MCL, so we're a little concerned about that, but overall, you look at Devonta Smith, he profiles as a classic X, we're not sure between him and Jalen Rieger, who's going to get more attention from Jalen Hurts, but Rieger's more the big play threat stretching the field, Smith has inside-outside versatility, good route runner, can finish in the red zone, has a lot of uh, abilities there, so... Uh, this Eagles uh, passing game, we know Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and Rieger are their real reliable weapons. Everything else is kind of up in the air, trusting the backfield and Hertz and all that. So Hertz has that chemistry as well with Smith. They're both from Alabama. Uh, they're Hertz via Oklahoma, but they definitely have some history there, and they like each other, and a good connection there that can develop here. And Devonta Smith comes in at number 10 in our fantasy football rookie rankings for 2021. We'll get to 11 through 20 and then 21 through 30 in our final two segments. So we'll go a little faster there for you to get through those. But I do have to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing now. Second half stretch run here. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Don't forget, we have NFL coming back this Thursday night, the Hall of Fame game, Cowboys and Steelers. So we'll have some action there, as well as the NFL futures and props there to bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, information for all your sporting needs 
at a bet online, including MLB, NFL, and of course your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch or kickoff here, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. While you're sitting on the sidelines, this is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their push for the postseason in MLB and just get warmed up in the preseason in NFL. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter promo code Locked On at Bet Online. Again, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to uh, look at our next wave of players in our Fantasy Football Rookie Rankings 2021. All right, we went through a pretty good 1 through 10 there. So, yeah, a lot of talent on the board. And we haven't gotten to some other really good players. And we'll start with a couple first-round picks here. Jalen Waddell is number 11, the Dolphins wide receiver. So, these are all guys we're looking at as wide receiver 4. So, Devonta Smith... His uh, former team at Alabama. So that's the range we're looking at. So uh, that means uh, somewhere in that 37 to 48 range at the position, regardless of format here. Jalen Waddle, a little bit of a crowd there he has to navigate through. We'll see about Will Fuller. He has to miss one game of suspension. He's one guy that's not been durable in his career with the Texans. So that opens things up a little bit. You have Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Those are the incumbents, as well as Mike Gusecki at tight end. So they do want to get some big plays out of this. We know Tua Tagovailoa, yet another situation where, like uh, we saw with Burrow and Chase and Lawrence and Etienne and uh, Hertz and Smith, another connection there with the quarterback Waddle and Tua Tagovailoa. So there's some chemistry there that's established. I think Preston Williams kind of fades. Parker's still kind of the number one. Will Fuller, again, is he going to rebound and uh, be reliable here after the one game he's going to miss in week one? We'll have to see about that. So it's really about Waddle stepping up and being a key target after Parker ahead of Fuller to really get that wide receiver for value. Otherwise, it could be more spread around. There could be run-oriented here. So we do want them to deploy Waddle enough, and it looks like they're committed to enough big plays where he has a chance to succeed. Now, we drop a little bit to our next first-round pick. It's Rashad Bateman, wide receiver of the Ravens. Uh, He's more of a wide receiver six to me, just because I don't love this Ravens passing game. This is the number one rushing team in the NFL in terms of frequency, production, and volume. I don't think that's going to change too much. Hollywood Brown, however, is uh, battling a little bit of a hamstring injury, so he's out of action. Miles Boykin is kind of fading from this offense. Sammy Watkins has so far been the standout, and not a surprise there because he's played with Greg Roman, had his best season with Greg Roman in Buffalo. So Sammy Watkins so far looks like, by default, the number one receiver, but you've got to fight through Watkins and Brown and Mark Andrews at tight end there, and just the limited uh, passing game there from Lamar Jackson. So real question mark here with Bateman's role, but they like him. He's a big possession receiver, can finish in the red zone. I think the key for him is uh, really standing out over Watkins and Andrews to get that. So that's why we want to only stash him as a wide receiver six here. We can't totally be all in on him with the situation. So be careful with Rashad Bateman and uh, Jalen Waddle here. I think uh, Jamar Chase uh, definitely is the highest value there at wide receiver. Devonta Smith second. But these two guys, a drop-off certainly comes next. Number 13 on the list is Justin Fields. Again, adamant that they're going to keep him on the bench Andy Dalton still the QB1 in the eyes of the coach Matt Nagy there in Chicago. But Justin Fields, again, the dynamic dual threat. He's impressed in camp. If he gets a chance, much like Trey Lance, 
he's going to go off here and be special. So, Justin Fields, so far the early reviews are good. He's taking some ups and downs, like you would expect with any rookie in camp. But, again, just a tremendous athlete, good poised leader, has a lot of experience at a high level with Ohio State. He's got a great skill set all around, much like Lance. So, Justin Fields, I would see him sooner rather than later for the Bears. But, for now, you have to believe Matt Nagy in his word because he's been unwavering with that and maybe not quite ready to put Fields out there. I think they have this perception that Dalton has the best chance to help them win games, where I think Fields really does with his style. So they'll have to reevaluate that at some point. But right now he's a QB3, so outside of the top 24 until we get more clarity. Yeah, so I like the Trey Lance upside is so through the roof here that I feel like he has an easier path to starting and convincing Kyle Shanahan versus Fields doing that for uh, Matt Nagy. All right, number 14 is Elijah Moore. Yeah, he's been rising up the charts here. He's a wide receiver six that I'm targeting now. I'm being a little bit wary about Elijah Moore's rankings. I want to put him higher really badly, but we have to make sure this pecking order of the Jets' uh, passing game plays out the right way with Zach Wilson. Wilson and Moore, fellow rookies, have great chemistry so far in camp. They've connected for touchdowns. Here, Wilson struggled for a lot, but when he's looking more and... I get it. He's an explosive slot receiver. He can get open. He's a guy in the open field that's going to make things happen. He's very quick, very technically sound route runner as well. So underrated player in the second round of the real draft here. So more you look at it, I mean, it's all about him and Jameson Crowder. Who can stand on the slot? It looks pretty evident right now that Corey Davis and Keelan Cole will be your starting wide receivers on the outside as a Denzel Mims is just disappointed the coaching staff. So Mims, you can forget about him having any impact. Uh, this is it for the Baylor player there in uh, New York. But it's time for this Ole Miss player. Yeah, we know Ole Miss has a great track record with A.J. Brown and uh, D.K. Metcalf in the league. So Elijah Moore, the pedigree is there. The skill set is there. He just needs the opportunity there. And I think it's getting closer here. If he can get the, to the slot ahead of Jamison Crowder in a regular role, you'd, you'd figure... No disrespect to Keelan Cole, but Corey Davis and Elijah Moore could easily be the most targeted players on this team. Number 15, this is the last person that I would uh, think about drafting for rookies. It's uh, Kenneth Gainwell of the Eagles, and he's the last guy on the list. Uh, I have him as an RB5. That means in the top 60 there at running back. So, yeah, someone to consider behind Miles Sanders. And they've got some guys between him and Miles Sanders at the moment, Boston Scott and on Johnson. But this is uh, Gainwell's chance to really gain <laughs> on the depth chart here behind uh, Miles Sanders. He has very similar skill set, can do it all. He was underrated, I think, uh, coming out of Memphis in the draft. I think he should have gone a little earlier. So Sanders has to feel a little threatened here. They're dedicated to running Sanders and using the running game a little bit more. But Kenneth Gainwell certainly could carve out a key role here as they might go more committee approach. And keep in mind, Nick Sirianni with the Colts, he gave Jonathan Taylor a big role, but there was also some room for Naeem Hines to produce here. So Gainwell could step into that Hines-like role to the Sanders-Taylor. So some things to watch there, but certainly worth stashing as an RB5 the last Rookie that I would feel totally confident about drafting and feeling like I needed to use a draft pick on in 2021. Number 16 is Zach Wilson. We talked about his uh, wide receiver, Elijah Moore. Well, Wilson's going to have a high volume and not bad weapons when you look at Davis and Cole and potential of Crowder being the fourth receiver behind Moore or vice versa. And then you got uh, Mims if you need him. You got uh, some tight end depth as well. So Zach Wilson has some weapons. He's got his own weapon of running the ball. 
He's in a very good offensive system, so it's going to be up and down, but he's a starting quarterback from the get-go with some good tools, good help, good offensive line. There are some things there that Zach Wilson could have some value here. So I don't like him as much to draft because I think Lance and Fields, the stashes, uh, if they start here anytime soon, have massive upside here that could even overtake Lawrence. But I'm being cautious with Wilson as well. Wait and see. He could uh, take some lumps here. He has a little bit of a bigger transition, I think, than Lawrence Lancer Fields to uh, kind of hand, get a handle on the pro game. Number 17 is Rondell Moore. This is a tough guy to evaluate because they want to get him as an offensive cog slash versatile weapon, but we're not sure exactly how they're going to use him. We assume Larry Fitzgerald is going to retire. It's just not been official, but the Cardinals are acting like that. They're moving on. They did get A.J. Green to kind of replace him, but really A.J. Green's outside while Fitzgerald was playing slots of green versus DeAndre Hopkins, so it really comes down to where they put Rondell Moore to work on the offense. Do they still trust Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella in key roles? Or is Moore going to see more of a dedicated role in the slot where it gets them involved? Or is it more of a hybrid role to complement Chase Edmonds in a passing game out of the backfield? So still a lot to be determined Rondell Moore. They just want to get him on the field, showcase him, but is it going to be enough if it's like 10 to 12 uh, opportunities uh, through targets and touches per game, is that enough there uh, to really feel good about it? Are we going to get those 10 to 12 touches? So a lot of question marks there with Rondell Moore, but certainly a guy to watch and put on the list, and that's why he's on here. Don't draft, but definitely watch number 17 on the list. Number 18 is Amon Ross St. Brown. He looks like the front runner to be the slot receiver in Detroit. I mean, really could be the fourth best receiver on this team, but they are insistent about looking at Brashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams as the starters ahead of Quintus Cephas, who I think should get more consideration for one of those outside spots. But looks like everything reported there is Khalif Raymond versus Amon Ross St. Brown. And St. Brown, we know his profile, right? It's a Robert Woods, it's Nelson Aguilar, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. It's these guys in the slot. Uh, Michael Pittman is the latest guy there with the Colts. These slot guys, the good hands dudes from USC, they're dedicated slot guys for the most part, uh, with the exception of uh, Robert Woods, who's more of an all-around type of receiver. I think he's the standout of that lot because of the versatility. But St. Brown, the brother of Equinamius St. Brown of the Packers, uh, they're out of USC. I think he has a chance here, but this Lions receiving game all... Open. I just think it's going to be a lot of TJ Hawkinson, a lot of DeAndre Swift. Everything else trickles down. Rashard Perriman and uh, Tyrell Williams don't have the best track record of health of late here either. So that also helps St. Brown. But again, guy to watch here as the Lions reboot their passing game. And we know that, uh, speaking of Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Jared Goff has a good affinity to those type of players. So if he's a hybrid of Woods and Cup, he's going to be busy for Jared Goff. Chuba Hubbard is number 19. There's one reason that, one reason only that we're looking at Chuba Hubbard. You look, he's had trouble. He had fumbled in camp. He's uh, still working it out. Uh, he, I think he was disappointed where he was drafted. He had much higher upside there from Oklahoma State, the Canadian sensation. But look, it's Reggie Bonifon, Rodney Smith. These are the backups here. We know how valuable Mike Davis was as the backup to Christian McCaffrey. So, Look, Christian McCaffrey still in most circles is the number one overall pick. This is your insurance policy, Chuba Hubbard, number 19. Finally, the last uh, player we'll talk about in this segment before taking our final break is Nico Collins of the Texans. The Texans have remixed their receiving core quite a bit here, and it just happened recently with uh, Randall Cobb out, Anthony Miller in, 
Brandon Cooks is clearly the number one for whoever's a quarterback, whether it's Deshaun Watson being cleared to play and staying there and happy, or Tyra Taylor being the quarterback. Nico Collins, different skill set. He's a 6-4 target. These other guys are smaller. Cooks is around 5'9", 5'10", type of receiver. So again, Collins has some size here. Looks like he's going to be fast-tracked and outside starting possession possession role here because we know they did acquire Miller, but Miller's more like Cobb and filling the slot. So can he get on the field ahead of uh, Kiki Kuti and Chris Conley, Isaiah Coulter? I think Collins certainly has that skill set. He's been very impressive so far out of Michigan. Just a polished receiver, underrated as a route runner. So again, opportunities are there. Texans defense is going to be atrocious. And the running game is probably going to be inconsistent with David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram. So you look at Nico Collins again, he could be targeted a lot here. And we know if it's uh, not Deshaun Watson, uh, Tyra Taylor might lean towards uh, targeting the bigger receiver a little bit more, and that could hurt Cooks' value. So watch out for Nico Collins. I don't love this Texans offense as a whole, especially without Watson. But Watson in there, that might change our perspective on Collins. But again, Someone to watch just because of the skill set. All right, so that uh, takes care of 20, the top 20 of my rookie updated rankings. Then we'll get into the deeper sleepers, 21 through 30 in our final segment. But I did tell you at the top, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need, while you're doing often pointless with seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their wares happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example, uh, you can uh, get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump from Rock Auto for $216 there, rockauto.com. At a chain store, that would cost you $353. So big time savings right there. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need at rockauto.com. Brake parts, tail lamps, Motorola, and new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to close our look at the updated fantasy football rookie rankings 2021. All right, let's uh, close the show. We're packing a lot in here. This is a big month, so we want to give you all the detailed information you need here as we edge towards our fantasy football drafts, our final fantasy football drafts here, when it all counts in 2021. Speaking of 2021, we're up to 21 in our rankings of the top rookies, and I have Terrace Marshall Jr. Now, I kind of didn't know exactly where they were going with this pick when they drafted him. I thought maybe it was a stash for Robbie Anderson, who becomes a free agent in 2022. But he could be that. But right now, they need him as a big slot. And he's the strong candidate. He's not the traditional slot. He's a big slot that they can put in. Curtis Samuel was a small slot they had to use at half the time last year inside. So between Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, they need a slot. And uh, Marshall maybe groomed to replace Anderson for next year, who's getting a little bit older and may not be signed if Sam Darnold's not there. So... Marshall's going to have to fight through. You have Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be the most frequent target for sure in this offense. Then you have Anderson and Moore. But he has an opportunity. He's got some good size. 
He played the slot at LSU last year, so he has some experience there. I think he is going to exceed expectations. I mean, remember with uh, Curtis Samuel, a big reason why he was productive is that McCaffrey was on the shelf. So you had kind of Curtis Samuel uh, diversify the portfolio with Mike Davis to pick up for that production. So that's something you have to keep in mind. It's not like Samuel's production is replaced like this directly. It was more McCaffrey being out. So when you look at that with Terrace Marshall, temporary expectations, but keep him on your radar. He's a big target that's playing inside and should have some good mismatches because of his size. Number 22 is the running back from the Falcons, Jamian Hawkins, undrafted player. An undrafted player makes the list. Why? Because there's not much in this backfield. It's Mike Davis. It's Kadri Allison at this point is the number two. That's it. Mike Davis, again, has been a journeyman backup. He's thrust into starting duty last year. Can he hold up? We don't know. Allison is just a guy. Javion Hawkins was pretty special out of Louisville. I think he should have been drafted. He's got uh, nice speed, quickness, can do a lot of things here. Uh, at very worst, you're looking at a handcuff here for Mike Davis. Number 23 is uh, Kadarius Tony of the Giants. And uh, Tony, 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 no, we're not going to go there with Tony, Tony, Tony. Because you have uh, Kenny Galladay there as the number one. Darius Slayton. We know Daniel Jones and him have some chemistry. Sterling Shepard's a lot. So those three key spots for the Giants are occupied. And it's going to be hard to break through. I mean, they invested money on Galladay. Shepard is Mr. Reliable. Slayton knows the quarterback. So I'm not sure exactly why they took Tony. It's almost like a spite pick for being angry about, I, I think, uh, Devonta Smith going to the Eagles. So we'll have to see, but he's definitely a pick with the future in mind, not this year. But that said, if there's an injury with any of these guys and there's opportunity, Galladay's coming off injury real season. Shepard has a durability issues as well. Tony's going to have opportunity. They're going It's going to knock for him to have a chance, but a lot of mounts of feet, not just those three wide receivers, but Saquon Barkley and the two tight ends here, Kyle Rudolph and now uh, Evan Ingram's still in the mix. So let's see how it plays out, but Tony... Tony, Tony, no, no, no. Number 24, Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots. Uh, look, we don't know what the Patriots and their power backs, but you just want to keep them on the radar. These are watch list guys. That's why we're talking about Tony. An injury happens, he could be a big-time player, but at this current state, you can't draft him, all that kind of stuff. Ramondre Stevenson, we want to see what happens with Sonny Michelle there between uh, Damon Harris and James White. Harris is going to be the all-round guy, swing guy with the high volume, uh, White the dedicated receiver. But does uh, Ramondre Steven displace Sonny Michelle as the power back? Something we're going to watch. Number 25 is Amari Rogers. He's the wide receiver of the Park Packers. Same last name spelling as Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers lobbied for, Dan for Randall Cobb to return. That was not good for Amari Rodgers here. So now he's got to fight through Marcus Valdez-Scanling and Al Lazard. You have to consider Devontae Adams as the number one, Robert Tunyon. And uh, now Randall Cobb, the familiarity of the true slot receiver that uh, Aaron Rodgers trusts here. So, Mario Rodgers is a great playmaker, but he's going to be a bit of a Cobb protege, I think, as a rookie. But, again, if injury happens there, we'll watch it. And Mario Rodgers is dynamic enough to do that, but let's just wait and see. Josh Palmer is a guy that should be on everyone's radar here. I think this passing game for the Chargers, a lot of it's going to go through Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and the new tight end, Jared Cook, for Justin Herbert in year two. But Palmer had warming up quickly. He scored times here. He could be a big slot as well between Keenan Allen and uh, Williams. A lot of big play-making ability here. So Josh Palmer 
of the Chargers, someone to watch here. Again, Tennessee product, very uh, technical, can make a lot of uh, catches. So one of those big slot guys that you have to watch here. And big slot is a term we use a lot, but it's a key position because you can get in this position to beat some players and all that to that are smaller. Juju Smith-Schuster's kind of taking advantage to some degree here as a big slot. So I think a lot of teams looking to have that type of player because it just gives them a little bit more versatility as teams kind of load up in these smaller, quicker nickel and dime backs. Number 27 uh, is Diami Brown of the Washington football team. Now, right now, it looks like their pecking order is set. They got Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphrey, so Samuel to play the outside. We presume of opposite Terry McLaurin. You also have Adam Humphreys, but Humphreys is getting a little older, the former Buccaneer and Titan. So, Diami Brown can blow the top off of defense. That's what he's there for. He's a deep threat. Another North Carolina player. A lot of offensive skill from North Carolina from last year, wasn't there? And you look at Diami Brown, and again, he's just waiting to make a big play when he gets the ball in his hands. He's a vertical threat. So do they want more verticality and big playability with their offense? You think with Samuel's addition, yes. So it really comes down to can they trust Samuel in the slot at times, move Humphreys out of there, and put uh, Diami Brown in a situation to make big plays when they spread the field for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Opposite McLaurin, something we definitely want to see with Diami Brown, but a player to watch, uh, and Diami, great name for being such a dynamic receiver there out of UNC. Just watch him. He could have a bigger role than we think here in 2021, but a, definitely a player for the future that has big upside. Number 28 is Dwayne Eskridge of the Seahawks. So he's battling to have a maybe a kind of versatile slot inside-outside role to help Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. We know this team is going to spread out things more in the passing game with Shane Waldron of the Rams. We know that's his MO. He has three receivers. He has the two tight ends. So you're going to see Gerald Everett being involved, the third receiver being more involved. We're not sure if that's going to be uh, Eskridge or... Freddie Swain or a undrafted free agent from a couple years ago, Penny Hart. So some surprising depth uh, spread around a little bit. We know that's going to take away a little bit from Metcalf and Lockett. Eskridge has to be on the radar, though, if the Seahawks uh, lock in 11 personnel and he can uh, carve a role there consistently with those two guys. Number 29 is Pat Freermuth. He's our next uh, tight end on the list, so really... We thought there was going to be more tight ends to look for, but they didn't end up in really good landing spots, including Brevin Jordan of the Texans. Freemuth could have a key role here. They're going to use some more 12 personnel, you would assume, with Eric Ebron. Freemuth is that inline blocker. He's an all-around tight end. If they're going to be dedicated more to running the ball with Najee Harris, Freemuth should be on the field a little bit more. The question is, they trust him. Do they need him as a receiver, given that they have Judy Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and James Washington and Ebron and still Harris? So... That's a question mark here. So Freemuth, more of a player that I'm looking at for 2022. We know tight ends and their production it tends to come in year two more so as than as rookies. Kyle Pitts is the exception, not the rule. Freemuth more falls into the rule. Again, if he can displace Ebron and see the regular snaps in those single tight end sets and they want to go in that direction, short to intermediate, focus here, uh, playing off the run, playing off Smith-Schuster, and then setting up the deep balls, then we'll think about it. But Freemuth for now. The talent is there, all-around good tight end. Let's watch what he can do here. And uh, get a role in Pittsburgh, the Penn State product of staying in state. Finally, Mac Jones makes the list at number 30. So we were deciding who should make the cut here. 
And Mac Jones at number 30. Look, we're just putting him on the list. He's got a Patriots offense that we don't really love, but you have Hunter Henry, John Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. It's got some weapons there, but right now Cam Newton, pretty much Bill Belichick is sticking with him as the starter. They trust him with the offense. They're developing the run-heavy approach with Harris and uh, Michelle and White and possibly Stevenson, so Cam Newton fits that model for the Patriots to try to be a contender more this year. And I think that's how they're approaching it. Mac Jones, first-round pick. The Patriots more willing to wait to see how things develop. They believe their system is pretty complicated. Even though Jones is a first-round pick, like Fields and Lance and Lawrence and Wilson, they're going to be more patient with him, I think, than the other teams are, where I see Fields and Lance seeing the field, where I could totally see a scenario where Jones doesn't see the field at all, and then he's more of a consideration for future seasons in this offense if he can live up to some of the expectations of being a cerebral, underrated athlete of a passer who gets better weapons here. Mac Jones will have some value at some point, but it's not in 2021, I do not believe. All right, so there's your top 30 rookie rankings from the super studs to the deep sleepers there that you should have on your radar when you're uh, filling out your rankings there overall in fantasy football across positions for 2021. We also will uh, get you covered... uh, with more rankings here around the corner and look at uh, the position updates. So where you need to look at uh, certain uh, trends there across this position. So we'll get into that at some point. We'll also look uh, team by team and uh, get dive into some things you need to know about going on. So uh, we'll probably do that as a division by division look here as well. So a lot of stuff coming here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We're going to keep it fresh, exciting, and uh, build what you need here to uh, Really uh, draft a winning team across the board in fantasy football in 2021. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Locked on Fantasy Football wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you next time.